Hey family, Kevin Wallace here from Redemption to the Nations Church. I've got a message for you today that I believe God gave me to bring strength and hope and joy to your journey. I want you to get your heart open. I want you to get ready to receive this word. I don't believe your life's ever going to be the same again. God's getting ready to take you to a new level. I'll see you at the end of this message and we'll pray together. God bless. Enjoy this word. Lord, we look back on this year that you've given us, and as we approach Thanksgiving this week, we have so much to be thankful for. And so, God, we're not going to be guilty of having reasons to be thankful, but not saying thanks. So let's just fill the room with thanks all over the house right now. If, if he's been good to you, you ought to just give him some thank yous. Come on. Now, I don't want you just that you can clap, but I want you to put your mouth in action and say thank you or I'm grateful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for our families. Thank you for our church. Thank you for your blessings on our lives. Thankful for life. There's a lot of people six foot under right now who wish they had the problems we had. We're grateful to be alive today. We're grateful for each other. In a world that tries to tear us apart, I'm thankful that you gave us your presence and you gave us each other, God. Thankful, Lord, for every door you've opened. I'm thankful, God, for your promises over our life that are yes and amen. I'm thankful that the best is still yet to come, Lord. And I'm grateful for all of your faithfulness, oh God. Bless our people this week. I pray that they'll find themselves in a place, just you and them. Lord, may we overflow with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 11, please go there with me while you're standing, and then I'll let you sit right down. Hebrews chapter 11. Well, I understand the preacher preached last Sunday. My God. I was on an assignment with two spiritual sons who are doing amazing things for God. And uh, I usually don't get out much on Sunday, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to go there. And I report to you that God is working in the earth. The devil is still defeated. Jesus is still Lord. God is still good. And so we're grateful for what the Lord is doing in the earth and thankful that we can be a part of that. At Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. I'm, I'm going to continue today in this thought that we've been in for some weeks now. I don't know how many weeks uh, even P Pastor Devin has been in this thought on preparing, and she talked about 100 days of glory, and I need everyone to understand that when we get to January 1, I believe something significant. I don't know what it is about it. I just know that we've heard the Lord on this, and that 2022 is going to begin with 100 days of preparation for the glory of the Lord. And you would say to me, how do you know the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed? Because I read my Bible. And Isaiah chapter 40 said, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God said it. So I need you to understand that as we prepare, we are not preparing because of a promise Devin and I made. We are preparing because of a promise God has made. And we can, how many know we can take his promises to the bank? Say amen, somebody. And so help me welcome our Athens family. Tell Athens good morning. Come on, Pastor Chris and Amy and Devin and Ingrid and, and everybody there. We love you all so much. And we're jumping in together into the word. And we're going to continue this whole mantra and this sort of assignment on preparation. You're going to be tired of talking about preparation but, but I am told that when, you get, when I get sick of saying it, you're just starting to get it. So I'm going to keep saying it until I get sick, and then I'm going to re realize you're just starting to get it. Hallelujah. Look at someone, tell them, get ready. 
that was a very, very, very mundane way of saying it. It was a very casual way. Look at someone near you and with some sort of expectation say, get ready. Get ready, 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 get ready. Get ready, get ready. Come on, look over at your spouse if you got one and you're glad about it. Tell your wife, get ready. Tell your husband, get ready. Get ready. Yeah. I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about getting ready. How many know God is up to something? Say amen if you believe that. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This is going to be, this is not going to take me very long, but there's just some things I feel like God deposited into my spirit for you, and I want to release these things uh, in, in, in line of preparation of where, where we're going and what God's doing. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, when you have it, say amen. amen. Chad, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, and this is totally my fault, but I want you to put the 6th verse through the 11th verse in the NIV, the nearly inspired version. It's a joke. It's a total joke. Uh, I want you to put the 6th through the 11th verse in the NIV version. Is that good? Thank you. Okay. So here we go. Now faith is the, come on, y'all read this with me off the screen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Go to verse 6. Verse 6. And without faith, Come on, keep reading. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Look at this. By faith, Noah. Everybody say Noah. Noah. When warned about things not yet seen. Think about that phrase. He was warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, come on, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, somebody say Abraham, Abraham. when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Look at this phrase, this thing messed me up. Even though he did not know. Now that messed with me this week. Abraham went somewhere and didn't even know where he was going. I'm getting ready to say some things in here. Verse 9. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in a tent as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Last verse. My Lord Jesus, thank you. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Somebody say praise the Lord. Look at three people one more time before we pray and tell, tell them, say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Shake that religious thing off you and get ready. Come on, shake that past off and get ready. Shake that bad report off and get ready. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is in this room. I thank you for the anointing to teach and preach that you have given me as a gift, and I thank you for the ability to receive. And I pray that the people of God and I would jump in this river of anointing together. You would let me say it. Let them receive it. Let the faith come. Let faith come as we hear the word of the Lord today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone who loves God said amen. amen. You can be seated. So we have been talking and teaching and preaching about preparation for the last several weeks. And without any instruction from me at all, Devin continued in that same vein because it's just what God is speaking to our church right now. And I hope you do what the Bible says. The Bible says, he or she who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying. How many know if God said it once, it's enough? But if God is, God is kind and gracious enough to say it multiple times, how many know it behooves us not to miss it? 
And so there is something going on in the atmosphere for our church family. There's something going on in the atmosphere for your family. There's something going on in the atmosphere for you individually. And I just believe God is up to something. And I believe he's always up to something, but I believe we're in a unique season. Some would even call it an epic season of of significant transition, significant deposits, significant release from heaven, significant uh, prophetic things being declared. I just believe that that there are things that God has held not from us but for us that we are preparing to step into. If you receive that, say amen. amen. Now, it occurred to me as I have been processing what I sense the Lord saying um, that spiritual preparation, this occurred to me this week, it occurred to me that spiritual preparation is one of those things that if you're doing it right, usually no one, including yourself, totally understands why you're doing it. Hmm. Spiritual preparation, the real biblical kind, is usually understood by no one except the mind of God. Have you ever, let me reverse it and say it like this, have you ever felt like God told you to do something that made no sense? That's what I'm talking about. Spiritual preparation, you know you're doing it right when it doesn't always add up. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always, uh, it, it, it doesn't always fit in uh, uh, practicality. And so as I was processing and just meditating on the word of the Lord this week and, and spending some time with God, I felt like God said to me that you need to tell the people of God that they do not need to look at other people's faces or get other people's approval when it comes to preparing the way that I have called them to prepare. You need to make sure you are not testing the wind and checking everything and everyone else out to see if you're moving in the right direction because the multitude oftentimes misses the insider instruction that God gives to those who are walking in the spirit. I need some help on that right there. You will not always find a multitude giving you affirmation when you are walking with God. Because not everybody you want to affirm you is walking with God. They're not hearing God. They're not always sensing what God is doing and saying in the earth. And you are going to have to make up your mind. And I, I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of people in this room that have already made up their mind that if none go with us, that'll be okay with us. We made up our mind. We're going to follow God. I want you to understand this tribe of worshipers is not here to find out what the latest fad is in the religious world and all get in line and fall in line with all the cool things and the fad things. I just made up my mind that, that, that what God is saying and doing in this hour is enough for me, it's enough for my family, it's enough for my church, and, and what he is saying, whether it makes sense to my natural mind or not, should be acted upon because God does not make mistakes. And God, see, we see up the road, but God sees around the corner. And so we need, we need to stay in fellowship with God, and we need to understand that oftentimes God will give you and I instruction that looks like foolishness to the people who didn't receive the same instruction. So I said this a couple weeks ago. If you're taking notes, and I, I don't know if we're, we're going to go up. I don't know if we're going to get really excited, but I am going to preach with, teach with passion because I really believe God gave me this word today. I want to remind you what I said probably four weeks ago now. Preparation is an act of faith. Mm, Selah. Preparation is an act of faith. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them preparation is an act of faith. Yeah, let me break this down. I think that the greatest demonstration of faith in God occurs when you and I have the audacity to prepare for something that you cannot see coming, but you prepare anyway because you heard it's on the way. This is why it's incredibly important to stay in tune with the Holy Ghost and to walk in the Spirit because he's often telling you things that are to come. And if you don't know what's on the way, then you don't know what to prepare for. In fact, I'm going to say it this way. People who don't prepare are people who are trapped in the past, not looking to the future of promise. 
And, and I preached two or three weeks on this thought, on the brink. How many remember that? On the brink, and we're on the brink of the promised land. But I'm going to tell you, you're always on the brink, and there's never, never any middle ground. You are either on the brink of possessing promises, or you are on the brink of falling back into the past. And you've got to make up your mind today that you will not allow the voice of condemnation to keep you trapped in the past, but you're going to stand up with conviction because the Holy Ghost has put promises in your heart, promises over your house, promises over your children, promises over your job. Come on, family. Promises over our church, promises over our city. Come on. We got some big dreams. We got some big promises. We're not here today to talk about a little God doing little things. We're here today to talk about a God who owns it all, oversees it all, who knows it all, who has all power. Come on, we're tapped into a God who is up to something big. Look at somebody tell him it's a big thing he's up to. And so watch this. Preparation is an act of faith. So how do we get faith to prepare? Let me teach this. We get a promise from God by walking with the presence of God. You cannot, oh God, here we go. You cannot show up on Sunday morning and live in the promised land and that be the only time you talk to God all week long. You cannot throw your hands up and clap when Pastor Devin said clap and think that that is your praise and your worship to God that satisfies. No, no, no. What we do in here for an hour and a half on Sunday morning, I've told you this for years, is simply a culmination of the relationship that we have had with God throughout the week. This is why some people come to church and you got to beg them to praise the Lord. And they, got, they stand there and they gaze and they stare and they check their Twitter, their Facebook, their Instagram and you beg them and for 30 seconds we get them to clap their hands and they look like they're praising but they had to be talked into praising because all week long they never praised him. I better have quit it. I'm making enemies here. You and I have got to make sure that our relationship with God does not start at 10 a.m. on Sunday and end at 12 on Sunday. Our relationship with God is a presence thing and as we walk with him, he talks with us. And as he talks with us, he drops these little promises in us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever just been talking to the Lord and all of a sudden he give you something you didn't ask for? He'll just deposit a promise in you that you weren't even asking for. He'll tell you he's going to do something. And what happens when that word is given to you and I? You ready for this? Faith. Why does that happen like that? The Bible's clear why it happens. The book of Romans said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. When God speaks to you about a situation, when God speaks a promise to you about the future, when God speaks a promise to you about, about your finances or your children or your family or your in-laws or your outlaws or your job or your spouse, how many single people in the house? You better let God talk to you about who you marry. I'm telling you right now, do not marry somebody you did not get God's nod of approval on. Because otherwise, Pastor Rick and Carolyn will try to counsel people who are trying to work out a marriage that God never got in the middle of. I'm on something. I feel it. Please understand what I'm telling you today. We need to have a relationship with God because when he speaks to us, he fills us with promises and those promises, thank you Holy Ghost, are accompanied by faith. And when God speaks a promise to you, you start believing for things you never could believe for because when God says it to you, he opens a door of access to something that was previously off limits. And when God says it's yours, now by faith, you don't have to stand in the back of the line looking saying, man, I wish that was mine. If God said it's yours, tell everybody in front of you, excuse me. He made me a promise, and I'm going to go get the promise that belongs to me. You see that fine thing sitting on the front row? Fine. I remember the prayer meeting. God told me I was going to marry her. I mean, I'm, I'm in prayer. I'm going for God. I ain't looking at nothing. I'm not after a woman. I'm not after anything. And I, I promise you this is how it happened. We were laying in the floor. She'll tell you this is true. 
We're in a prayer meeting, the campus choir. I'm laying in the floor this way. She's laying in the floor on the other side this way. It looked like the Holy of Holies. It's a true story. I got up out the floor. It looked like something out of a movie. And when I saw her face, the spirit of the, I didn't even know her that time. The spirit of the Lord said to me, that's your wife. And I fell back down in the floor, Lord. Oh, my, 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 shot. Now watch this, watch this. All these other jokers that showed up in her life after God spoke that to me, and they started showing up. God told me, Devin, I was going to marry you. And she would call me and torment me. And she said, somebody called me today. Well, what'd they say? They said, God told me I was going to marry you. I said, girl, you better bind the devil. Put him under your feet. I told you what the Lord did. And somebody said, well, how do you know you was right? Because her last name is Wallace. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, come on in here. Is it Valentine's? No, it's Thanksgiving, but I feel good anyway. Watch. Here's the thing. I tell that story all the time. What I don't tell you is the two years in between when God made me that promise, actually almost three years, when God made me that promise and we actually got married. In between that, there was a lot of warfare. And I didn't understand the warfare at that time because I didn't understand what God was up to in our life. And sometimes God will give you these promises and he'll put these things in your spirit. And when he puts them in your spirit, he'll give you the faith to accompany the promise so that you can believe for things that other people think you're crazy for believing for. If you ever get a word from God about your future, it is very hard to shake you off that promise. Are you with me? Are you with me? So watch this. The greatest demonstration of faith mm, And the greatest indicator that you got the promise is that you start making room and preparing for it. And I, listen, I I felt like the Lord said this to me today, this morning in prayer. He said to me, don't go acting just to look like a fool. But don't be shocked if obeying God makes you look like one. See that right there? That's deep. Let me reprocess that with you. Don't go out doing stuff just to look foolish. Have you ever met them Christians? They're just trying to do something crazy. Like, did God give you a promise? No, but I'm getting out here. I'm jumping out the plane. Where's your parachute? God told me, jump out the plane. No, he didn't. He didn't tell you any such thing. Listen, sometimes we don't have the relationship with God that it takes to stand in a place long enough with God's presence to receive a promise. So in order to expedite and hurry the process, we make up our own promise that God never made us and doesn't sanction. And then when we get out in the middle of it, we blame, we have the unmitigated goal to blame God for the failure of the journey rather than looking in the mirror and say, you know what, that was dumb. I just missed it. So here's what I heard the Lord whisper to me in prayer. He said, tell them don't go trying just to look foolish. But don't be shocked if obeying God makes you look like a fool sometimes. Sometimes you're going to do stuff that people are going to talk about. It's a divine scandal. Y'all don't, y'all, I can write a book on Moses could write a book on following God and making him look like a fool. And the only, Can you imagine taking two million people out of Egypt down to a Red Sea? Y'all act like y'all. See, y'all know the end of the story. Moses didn't. We're like, oh, that was so smart. That was not smart. Moses walks down to a Red Sea. Egypt and Pharaoh start chasing him, and everybody starts looking at Moses. What in the world? Have you gotten us into? Have you ever followed God into a divine scandal and everybody looked at you like, fool, what are you up to? What are you doing to our family? What are you doing to our church? What are you doing to your business? What do you do? What are you doing? And sometimes God is setting you and I up so that if he don't intervene, it'll absolutely fall apart. I just came to tell you he will intervene. He will finish.
finish what he started. He will supply the need. He will bring the promise to pass. And if he started something, he'll finish it. Somebody give him praise. The greatest demonstration of faith in God and his word over your life is demonstrated when you have the, write this word down, this little phrase, the audacity to prepare. I heard that in prayer this morning. The audacity to prepare, to literally get a promise from God and start obeying him because you believe it's going to come to pass. It's amazing to me how people in the secular world can get this principle. But church folk, why y'all doing? We waiting on the Lord to come. We're waiting on the Lord to come. Gravity's going to lose. Listen, Jesus is coming. Live like he's coming today. Prepare like he's going to wait a while. See, this is where people get caught and they have short-circuited the future. It's because they lived in the now but did not prepare for the later. God's people are a people who live soberly. You hear what I'm telling you? Soberly. The people of God live soberly. That means we live knowing he could come today, but we prepare like he's going to wait a while. This is why people in the church don't even have a savings account, some people. I don't save nothing. I don't have no insurance because the Lord could come tomorrow. Yeah, but crazy, what if he waits a few decades? Is this okay? Look at your neighbor and say, audacity to prepare. Noah warned, don't miss this phrase, in the Bible, Warned about things not seen. I could put a period right there and preach all day long. Because the righteous get insider information. I don't think you heard me. The righteous, the Bible said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Everybody else except Noah's family, the Bible said, that the, the totality of humanity was continually evil. Read Genesis chapter 5. It doesn't say there was a few good men. It doesn't say there was a decent group. It said the whole world was going to hell in a handbasket. Every, everybody was thinking evil thoughts all the time. That's literally what the Hebrews saying. There was a total consuming of evil. Humanity had been just overcome with evil. And yet in the middle of all that evil, don't miss it, Noah found grace. Here's what I want to tell you. In an evil world, stop acting like God treats you, the righteous, by the blood of Jesus, the same as he does people who have rejected Jesus. Those who reject him do not get insider information. But those who claim Christ as Lord of their life, they get insider information because God rewards the righteous with revelation. Don't miss this. Noah, put that verse up for me, Chad, if you don't mind. Noah warned about things not yet seen. Righteous people sometimes have to make preparations for things that have not yet been seen. The the spirit-filled church, in my understanding of Scripture, the spirit-filled church are not simply a people of reaction and response. They are people of proaction and are moving with what looks like information that is ahead of others in the same generation. How is that so? Because they have the voice of God speaking to their heart regarding things about their future. This is why I get real nervous about 
eschatology and end time things that has a doom and gloom connotation added to it. Now, I hear all the people all the time, they say, I, we get these people all the time, every single Sunday. You start preaching about revival, and somebody 100% of the time is going to quote this verse. In the end, there will be a great falling away. I mean, it's like these people buck and hook when they say it. You up here preaching about revival, but the Bible said in the end, there'll be a great falling away. Whew, glory. You know what my Bible said? My Bible said in the last days, God will pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Now you get to make up your mind if you're going to fall away or if you're going to be a son and daughter that gets in under the spout where the glory is being poured out. Don't get mad at me because I have already decided that Devin and Kevin and our five, we're going to be where the glory of God is by the grace of God. Everybody else can do whatever they want, but if what we have is a tambourine and, and, and some spoons on our knee and a banjo and a Casio keyboard in my living room, we're going to worship God, I'm going to teach the Bible, and we're going to believe for the hour pouring on my child of the Holy Ghost. Slap somebody, tell them that's who I am. I'm not going to fall away. You can fall away if you want to. Me and my house are not going to fall away. Me and my house want to burn with glory. I want to stay on fire all the days of my life. I don't want to miss what God is doing. Let the cold get colder if they want to. But let the tribe of Judah rise up and let the fire of the Holy Ghost. Slap somebody, tell them we're not going to miss it. We're not going to miss it. I can miss the evening news. I can miss the latest edition of my favorite sitcom. But I made up my mind I will not miss the outpouring of the Holy Ghost being poured out on sons and daughters. We're not going to. I feel that thing. Oh. Listen, listen. We get inside information sometimes. So here it goes like this. Ooh, I got to go. It goes like this. G Noah. Okay, I'm doing third person here. God to Noah. Noah. Yes, Lord. It's getting ready to rain. What's that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Noah. Yes, Lord. Build a boat. What's that? Don't worry about it. Just do what I tell you to do. I'm, watch, the Lord gave me, I was, I'm in prayer this week and the Lord said to me, the church is satisfied with being typical. Write this down. The church is satisfied with being typical. But God said, I'm raising up a prototypical church. I got to explain the difference between typical and prototypical. Because if you like being typical and you're sitting in a prototypical church, prototypical churches make typical people very nervous and mad. And let me tell you why. Because typical church people say, let's maintain what we've always had and protect what we've always done and, and exist in our traditionalism and don't rock the boat. That's what typical church is. Prototypical church is not normal or um, casual. Prototypical means one of the very first kind. Listen here. When Noah got the instruction it was going to rain, that's prototypical. Why? Because if you read uh, Genesis 1 through 5, you will find that until God sent rain on the earth, it never rained. It only watered the earth with a heavy mist that can't read your Bible. A heavy mist covered the earth. When it got ready to rain for the first time, God told Noah, it's getting ready to rain. And Noah's like, for real? What's rain? Don't worry about it. Noah, I want you to build a boat. What is a boat? Don't worry about it, Noah. Just build what I'm telling you to, to build. Why? Don't worry about it, Noah. Just do what I'm telling you to do. I'm giving you a prototype, and I'm giving you the prototype to build something that's never been built. 
so that you can handle what's never happened. Y'all missing what I'm saying? Sometimes in a generation, things that have never happened begin to happen in a generation. And if you're a typical people trying to operate in typical metrons, then you stay trapped and bound to the invasion of the atypical thing that is happening. But prototypical people are those who listen to the spirit who is always looking into the future, who sees a pandemic coming and says, I don't want you to spend a year responding I want you to get out ahead of it and know that I'm still God and be them proto prototypical prototypical you and I can live in a way it'll freak you out sometimes but you can live in a way where you get insider information the problem is what you do with it determines if you get it again. A lot of weight. Here we go. I want you to understand that Noah built a boat and preached for 120 years. Ready for this? And the thing he built never worked until the thing he had never seen. The boat was, is a, just a big wooden thing. All of a sudden it started raining and it started floating. Noah was like, yo, yo. It worked! <laughs> I have written down here, I get notes all over the place. What you are working on that is prototypical is going to have positive implications for your family. Pastor Richie, I hope you understand this that when God calls us to build something, if nobody else but our family gets blessed by it, it's worth the building of it. I don't know when this transition happened for Devin and I. Maybe three or four years ago when we made a very significant transition, but, but I want to tell you this transition happened for us, and I think it's important for you to know how we operate and how we feel about it. We decided with the help of God to build a church that our family would want to go to, and if nobody else comes, that's okay. Me and Zion will take up the offering. Judah will throw covers on the boys when they fall out in the spirit. Devin will give the tongue, I'll give the interpretation, and Genesis will sing songs because out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained praise. Hallelujah. Okay? I decided, let me tell you why I decided that. Because I got tired of building arcs like everybody else wanted. You got groups of people, why don't y'all do this? So I go here, okay, we're going to do this one. Don't measure that. And saw this, saw this, saw that. Oh, it fits now. And then we come up, ooh, we did that. We finished that. And we come over here in this group and say, why don't you do this? Oh, my God, Devin, come on. So, 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 so. Take it off. Fits. Oh, no. After doing that four or five times, I was at the place where I was either going to quit or build it the way God told me to build it. Do you know the freedom that comes? Do you know how many Jezebel spirits God had to give us victory over? Y'all don't even know. I'm talking to some preachers that are in this room and somebody watching me online. Well, I can't keep up with all of the latest stuff and I'm trying to make everybody happy. Stop that in the name of Jesus. Build the kind of boat that you and your family can get in and if nobody else gets in the boat, you ought to be thankful that God gave you a prototype to save your whole house. Okay, I got to go. I got to go. Be prototypical. 
be prototypical. So the first thing that I want you to see is that sometimes preparation will make you look like a fool. Because you'll start building stuff nobody else is building. And they'll come walking up and looking at your boat. Ain't nobody got a boat. <laughs> Ain't nobody got a boat. And they look at your boat and they say, Noah, bro, what are you doing? And here's the uncomfortable thing for Noah. Here's what he says. I have no clue. I seriously don't know what the purpose of this is. I'm building something that ain't nobody else. Come on, y'all. Talk to me, prototypical church. I'm hoping you're hearing this in the Holy Ghost today. God may call our church to begin to build with prototypes rather than following types. One of the strongest words that God ever gave me, he gave to me four years ago when he said, stop following patterns and start becoming one. And it shook me because my whole life, religion told me, you got you to find out this and you got to find out that. And there's somebody listening to me. I feel a real strong thing happening right here. There's some pastor watching me right now, and you don't know what to build and how to build it because you've been letting everybody. I have been there. I have laid up at night, rolled in the floor, and everybody trying to tell you to build this boat, build this boat, build this boat. Build the boat God called you to build. Build it so that your family will want to get on it. Build it so that it's got enough room for all of the livestock and everything all the sacrifices and all the provision and all the, build it big enough so that it can house you and your family in your future. It may make, make you look like a fool. I want to say this to you. If you don't look like a fool sometimes, following God, you might not be doing it right. We want to look like a genius. Don't we? Y'all lying. Y'all are like, not me. Yeah, you, you want to look smart. I do too. Sometimes God's instruction of preparation does not leave me looking smart. It leaves me very desperate. Can I just share some things with y'all? There have been times where I said, Lord, if this don't work out like you showed it to me, they're going to run me out of this city. You have to come through. If this, when, this building we're sitting in today, this was 50-50. Gigi, this was 50-50. We almost didn't even buy the building because I was too scared of something this big. Do you understand what would have happened had we not bought this building? You wouldn't be sitting in here with me today. The, the, the thing is this, every time God asks you to prepare, it's uncomfortable. Because you're always in that momentary place of preparing for something that hasn't happened yet, but believing it's on the way. I'm closing, but I found out this. If you ever get a word from God and you start believing it's on the way, you will not sit down and wait on it to come to pass. You start making preparations. And you say, and they say to you, they say to you, why are you going up that mountain again? Why you done been up that mountain three times? That pro that crazy prophet told you rain was coming, and you've been up there three times, and you going back up. I'm going back up till I see what he heard. Y'all miss what I said. I'm going back up that mountain until I see what he heard. Well, what did he hear? He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Sometimes you will hear things in the spirit that you don't see in the natural. And what do you do when you hear it in the spirit but don't see it in the natural? You make up your mind one of two things. You will become possessed by religion and decide it never really was said. Or you will get full of faith and declare if God said, oh, ew, I feel something getting on me right here. If God said it, he will surely bring it to pass. He meant what he said and he'll do what he promised. He is not a man that he should lie. I feel like somebody in this room has been waiting on a baby. I feel like telling you either through your womb or through a court process, you better go get a nursery put together. You better put a baby bed together because God is not a man that he should lie. He'll finish what he started. Somebody say, I still believe. 
I still believe the promises of God. I still believe he'll do what he said. I still believe that he's not a man that he should lie. I still believe he's got enough power to put back together everything the devil tried to destroy. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. I'm going to keep on trusting. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to tell myself, self, there is a harvest for those who do not faint. Slap your neighbor and tell them don't give up now. We get ready to go home, but I feel like somebody needs to give God a praise for what's on the way. I said somebody needs to give God a praise for what's on the way. I know I'm not preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to somebody. I built this ark for 120 years. Nothing happened. They laughed at me. They mocked me. They said it wasn't going to work out. But one day it started raining, and the thing God told me to build started floating because God will do what he said he will do. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. You feel foolish in your preparation. Keep on working. Can you see Noah up there with a hammer, pitch? He's tying it all together. They walk by, Noah, what you doing? I don't know. I'm just doing what he told me. Hear me. There's some voices that came to Nehemiah. He said, come on down off that wall. Nehemiah said, you do not respect the things that are of God. I cannot come down. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor. Tell them like you love them. Say, hey, neighbor. Say, I can't come down off of this wall. I'm not coming out of this season of preparation. I'm not going to stop praying. I will not stop fasting. I will not stop declaring. I know that people tell me it ain't going to work, but I'm going to see the salvation of God. I'm going to see the glory. I'm going to see the glory. We're going to see the glory of the Lord. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I want to declare that Washington, D.C. is going to see the glory. New York City is going to see the glory. The Democrats are going to receive the glory. The Republicans are going to see the glory. Red, yellow, black, and white, rich and poor, millionaire welfare. We're going to see the glory. This house is going to see the glory. Slap somebody, tell them we will see the glory. We're going to see the glory. We're going to see the glory. So let me tell you what we must do. All we got to do is choose to be prototypical and not just try to be typical. We might have to build some new structures. Say, what do you got in mind? I don't know. I'm just telling you, I will not miss new wine because I refused to become a new skin. Oh, Lord, here he go again trying to change something. Stuck. Sister Stuck, that's what we're going to call you. I'm not talking about being unscriptural. I think when we hear change, we think, oh, Lord. See, the enemy has molested and manipulated the change message in the church to the point that now people who are hungry for God don't want to hear about change because every time we hear about change, it's about some newfangled theology coming down the pipe that takes Jesus out of the church. That is not what I'm talking about. We will preach the blood, the cross, the lamb, the empty tomb, the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, fall in the floor, cast out death. You hear what I'm telling you? None of that changing. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how we do things. I'm talking about our wineskins. 
I'm talking about the lid we put on God without. Well, we've never seen it this way before. So, keep on living. You're going to see a lot of things you've never seen before. We think, the only, we think the only kingdom that ought to be producing new things is darkness. I think the kingdom of heaven has some surprises for the enemy. Hey family, while your faith is high and while God is speaking to you through this message today, I wanted to end this time together by saying a prayer for you and agreeing with you in prayer that God is going to meet you right where you are at the point of your need. As we pray, I want you to remember this, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. You don't have a problem. All you need is faith in God. And today we're going to agree in prayer together for your healing, for your deliverance, for the miracle, for the blessing that you've been waiting on. I believe it's time to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the people of God who are watching today. Thank you for everyone who has tuned in to this, this message and this broadcast. And we are agreeing in prayer right now that every need they have, you are going to supply it. Father, I reach out to you in faith and I pray for the person who has lost that you would save them. For the person who is sick that you would bring healing right now to their body. Father, for the person who needs a miracle financially, a miracle in their home, a miracle in their marriage, there's nothing too hard for you. And in Jesus' name, we speak to that issue. We command those mountains to be moved and we thank you in advance for your blessing that's coming up on their lives today. In Jesus' name, we receive it, amen. Friend, I can't wait to be with you next week. I'm going to keep praying for you until then. God bless you, spread the news, and we'll see you soon. Go in peace.